So we are in the season of Epiphany, which is that time between Christmas and Lent, where after having just celebrated the birth of Jesus, we now get to focus on all of the ways in which he still shows up in the world. We think of Christmas, in t- uh, or uh, we think in Christian terms of Epiphany as the three wise men journeying their way to find the infant Jesus. But of course, if you didn't grow up in a church tradition that celebrates or talks about Epiphany, you might think of it more in terms of Eureka, I found it. And either way, what we are considering here is that in both instances, you're talking about an event or an action that clearly and obviously reveals the divine or the supernatural. Because epiphany is, by definition, a manifestation of the divine. So what is revealed in our epiphany moments is what it means that God chose to become human. God entered into our world no longer content to just be with us, but now desiring to be one of us. And that distinction absolutely has to change the way we think because it changes our very humanity. God has come into the world with us, among us, and in us. Suddenly, in our epiphanies, we see ourselves in a whole new light, The way we were can no longer remain the same because we have seen God in who we are. Let me give you a little example. In the book of Genesis, you might recall the story of Jacob and his brother Esau. Jacob was fleeing from his brother who wanted to kill him so that he, Esau, could receive their father's blessing. And so Jacob himself was not perfect. Jacob had been deceitful, angry, fearful, but he was escaping from his brother, sleeping alone in the wilderness with a rock for a pillow, the scripture says, and he was blessed by God with a dream about heaven that was so vivid and so real that when he awoke, he said, surely God is in this place, and I did not know. Now, a lot of Jewish scholars have argued over the years that this place is me. Surely God was in me, and I did not know it. So how does it affect you to consider that translation? How does it change you to know that God is, yes, out here, but also in here, within Perhaps there have been times in your life where you've been like Jacob, fearful, angry. Maybe you've been consumed by resentment or loss, the challenges that you're facing in this life, social standing, temptation, greed. When your focus has been on everything but God, and then you suddenly realize, as Jacob did, that God is in this place and I didn't even know it. God is with me. God is present, and I didn't know it because I was too busy paying attention to myself or to the world or to anything, but to God within me. That recognition 
is the light in the darkness. That is an epiphany. In today's reading, Nathaniel had such an epiphany. He starts out by saying to Philip, can anything good even come from Nazareth? This is a moment, by the way, that challenges our expectations. Nazareth was kind of this nothing city at the time of Jesus. It was not forward-thinking or progressive or metropolitan or whatever at the time constituted a worthwhile place to be from. And Philip just goes unfiltered here. In today's vernacular, he might as well have said, the Messiah is from Nazareth? Yeah, right. <laughs> but then Jesus speaks directly to Nathanael. He doesn't just look into his eyes, he looks deep into his soul. He sees who he truly is. And he reveals things that are hidden so deep inside Nathanael that it could only be someone, something that someone with divine powers could have revealed, could have known. And immediately, Nathaniel exclaims what we might say, oh my gosh, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So notice that with an epiphany, there is an event or an action that comes first. Something that you are reacting to that makes you see things in a whole new light. Jesus saw Nathanael under the fig tree and knew him, immediately knew who he was. And Nathanael responds to being known by Jesus with this sudden realization, almost that what he thought was an impossibility, that anything good could have come from Nazareth, was now possible. Standing before him was indeed the Messiah. Notice that they kind of find each other in this exchange. I think it's fair to say that our epiphanies reveal as much about ourselves as they do about the world around us, casting both in a whole new light. Over and over, this reading today focuses on being found. Jesus found Philip. Philip, Andrew, and Peter found the Messiah. Philip found Nathaniel. But there's some reluctance in being found as well, isn't there? Because let's face it, to be found is not only to be known, but it will change your life. There's a great story in the book of 1 Samuel. Samuel is one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, but his story starts out a little bit like yours and mine might. When he was just a small boy, Samuel heard a voice crying out to him as he slept. Samuel, Samuel, the voice said. Samuel thought it was the priest, Eli, who was sleeping nearby. So he ran to the priest and said, here I am. What do you need? And Eli said, I didn't call for you. Go back to sleep. So Samuel laid back down, but again, he heard the voice. Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel got up and ran to Eli, and Eli said, it wasn't me, go back to sleep. So this happened over and over again until finally the priest said, it must be God calling you. This time when it happens, he said to Samuel, simply, ask, simply say, speak, for your servant is listening. 
So when the voice came again, Samuel did as instructed. He said to the Lord, speak, your servant is listening. And his life was never the same. Samuel heard things from God that were disturbing. He heard profound things from God. He heard messages that he was, Samuel was, to go and relay to all of the Israelites. It was far from easy, but he became known throughout the land as one of the greatest of the prophets. All who encountered him knew that God was with him. God found Samuel, and it was a game changer. Peter was found by Jesus along the Sea of Galilee. As his relationship with the Messiah grew and matured, it took him to places that he would have never imagined. Suddenly, Peter went from being a fisherman to a disciple to the good shepherd himself after Jesus died. Nathaniel was found by Jesus, and Jesus promised him that this was merely the beginning. Almost as if he was saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. You see me now, Jesus said, but soon, because of your faith, you will begin to see far greater things than these. You see, when we are in relationship with Jesus, when we allow ourselves to be found and then to be seen for who we are, miraculous things are in store. These are all incredible stories of the, in the Bible of being found and of being called, but they're equally incredible stories, lesser-known stories that are still as life-changing, stories of everyday people, stories like yours. There are stories of people in deepest despair, falling to their knees on the bathroom tile or the subway floor or a park bench or a church pew, crying out to a God they're not even sure exists, but when they do, experiencing a peace that surpasses all understanding. There are stories of people in unexpected bad places who lift up a frightened, a timid, an unsure voice in prayer, and they suddenly feel beyond a shadow of a doubt the presence of God in their midst. There are stories of people desperate to know their path in life. What is next for me? And they finally free themselves of any limitations about the way life should be. And they simply say, take the wheel, Jesus. And then they experience an awakening to things and to opportunities that they would have never considered. So what's the common theme here? People in relationship with God. People being brave enough to take even the tiniest step toward a relationship. I know you know that feeling when you finally get nerve enough to pick up the phone and call someone. Decide to let your inhibitions and your self-doubt take a back seat to courage. When we do that even on the smallest of scales with the lowest amount of risk, we see change happen in our lives. That's what I'm talking about here. This common theme in every example is that people stepped out of their comfort zone. Sometimes so in the moment that they would have hardly even considered a decision, but more of a 
what have I got to lose, spontaneous reaction, a spontaneous act of faith, and they were met with more love and more grace and with the miracle of being found. God has searched you, and God knows you, and God loves you. God is continually making all things new, including you and me. You and I are not a finished product. So the question is, are you willing to be found? Thomas Merton wrote, our, vo our vocation is not simply to be, but to work together with God in the creation of our own life, our own identity, our own destiny. To work together with God. But to know this truth, Merton said, we are to pray for our own discovery. In other words, being found happens when we pray to be found. Prayer is our way of entering into a dialogue with God, heart to heart, in that deep, silent encounter. Prayer allows the unknown to become known. Prayer is our first, and I would argue our very best, marker of our relationship with God. Now, upon finding each of his disciples, Jesus said, follow me. I know that most of you are familiar with the fact that there are many, many translations of the Bible. Each one is focused on the nuance or the particularities of the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic languages. And so we've translated it into a variety of vernacular for people to really understand. And one of my favorites is a new, fairly new, uh, recent translation called De Jesus Book. It's Hawaiian Pidgin, which is a combination of English and Caribbean Creole, kind of. And so De Jesus Book translates that simple sentence, follow me, this way. Eh, come with me and be my guy. Come with me and be my guy. Isn't that so refreshing? There is liter He's literally asking people to be in relationship with him. Come and be my guy. It's informal, it's relaxed, it's joyful, it's intimate. What an invitation to us. The way we would achieve that kind of radical relationship with Jesus is by spending time together. The path to joy is in prayer. It's in prayer that we allow ourselves to be known, to be found, and being found leads to some life-altering epiphanies. Our hearts are restless until they rest in you, God. There's a profound sense of peace and restfulness in being found. You might recall with a sense of joy finding your tribe, finding the people who truly get you, finding your people and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are welcome, you are loved. You could be yourself, you can relax. There's a sense of worth and of value and of total acceptance when you feel found. It's a great feeling. Maybe you actually recall being lost and then being found. I remember when my son Ben was just a little boy and we were at a, a Waterworld amusement park in Denver, which is a huge amusement park. 
There were eight or 10 of us all together, and we had just come off one of the rides when I looked around and noticed that Ben was nowhere to be found. So this sort of panicked feeling bubbled up in each of us as we spread out to try to go find him among the throngs of people, thousands and thousands of people, water features everywhere, and deep pools where a little boy could surely drown. It only lasted probably five to seven minutes that we were searching for him, maybe even less, but of course it felt like hours. And the joy of finally seeing his little blonde head bobbing in and out of the crowd and that little face, I think that is just an iota of what God feels when we finally allow ourselves to be found, to go with Jesus and be his guy. It feels so good to be seen for who we are, doesn't it? Of course, I know that finding yourself or being found is not always good or comfortable, and neither are our epiphanies. Because once we see something in a whole new light, once we are seen in a whole new light, we can almost never go back. And sometimes the light hurts. But know this, God does not desire that you become anything other than the true self, which God has loved from all eternity. God has known you from the very beginning. In fact, you being you is the greatest gift you have to offer this world. Your true, authentic, beautiful self with all your faults and foibles, with all your insecurities and self-doubts, with all your mess and all your moxie. When we notice the presence of God in all things, in all parts of our lives, when we choose to follow the path of love, to go with him and be his guy, in a refreshingly intimate, open, and honest relationship with God, then we begin to discover who we truly are. And may we be so attuned to God who resides in us that when we say, surely God is in this place, we can add with breathless assurance, I knew it. Amen.